Okay, I'm in a classic little Italian bar getting coffee. It's full of police and locals and all the security guys. And I'm just going to let you hear the beautiful sounds of a, of a busy cafe on the Giro. It's something really, really special about it. I absolutely love it. Two uh, elder, slightly older gentlemen to my left, using a lot of uh, gesticulations, uh, chatting about what might have happened earlier on, what, what might happen later today. I do not know what they're saying. Grazia. That was me saying grazie. Cappuccino's being made. It just feels like, I hope, when you're listening to this podcast, it feels like you're actually here with me at the Giro. Hello folks and welcome to Sigma Sports Presents The Giro Unplugged with me, Matt Stevens. This is the second instalment of my behind the scenes look at the 2022 Giro d'Italia, which to be honest with you has hotted up on pretty much every front, including the temperature. Me and Ned are sat here sweltering. He's got his jeans on. Uh, you don't like shorts, do you? No, that's, I associate shorts with sport and therefore I spurn them. Because <laughs> okay, you did proper sport. <laughs> yeah. You're quite yeah. fatigued, aren't you, Ned, yeah, as well? I'm a little bit fatigued today, Matt. I'll yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. But you're allowed yeah. to be on a rest day. Yeah. Um, I do think this might actually be a cracker of an episode. There's lots of little elements to it. Gosh. Um, yeah. We've done most of them already now, so all the heavy lifting has been done. Okay. Uh, but my, me and Ned will be looking back at the race so far, giving our personal highlights. I think... My personal highlights from a racing perspective, Ned, Cavs win and the Battle on Blockhouse. What about your two little Battle race? on Blockhouse? Yeah. I'll go with that. But yeah. um, give me give me a couple of minutes to think of another slightly more hipster choice because okay. you've gone for some big headlines. <laughs> I have. Um, just... But I'm going to pick out some infinitely a granular detail that you're going to go, wow, wish I'd thought of that. That's smart. He's at the top of the... But give, me, yeah. give me a moment. I'm going to give you a moment. Okay, okay so we can't even... Uh, but first... <laughs> Random letter. Alert. Random email. Alert. Random tweet alert. It is time for a random letter, email, tweet, or DM. Right, so we've got a random letter or DM alert. Um, and I'm reading this fresh because using technology, uh, Niall, our producer, blocked it all out. Um, okay, this is from Andy Matthews, apparently, who's emailed us now. Andy. Or emailed me or, or all of us. I just felt the urge to send you a message after listening to your wonderful podcast while on a walk in Taromina in Sicily. I need to tell tell you how much both my 19-year-old son and I love your podcast. Discussing your interviews also brought us closer. So oh, thank you. That's really that's nice. Really blimey. nice. Yeah. I'm travelling alone to watch these two stages of the Jury in Sicily. I was absolutely ready to do the Netflix and chill tonight. Let's not go there. But I felt guilty about doing that while probably on a once-in-a-lifetime trip to Sicily. Okay, I'm now sitting in a simple little restaurant waiting for what is apparently one of the best pizzas in town. Uh, I'm driving to Avola for the start tomorrow. I will look out for you. Not sure what I should do for the finish. Maybe ride up Etna to watch one of, uh, watch with some of the crazy Italian fans. Uh, P.S. I listened to Ned and Dave's podcast on the walk home uh, and you earned next level street cred for the way you got to the front of the European rental queue at Catania Airport. Um, I was there a few days ago with one impatient couple behind me and it took a good 15 minutes to sort my car rental booking out. Well played, uh, Andy. That's really quite nice, isn't it? Yeah, thanks very much, Andy. That was the um, obviously last stage, wasn't it? Stage yeah. four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Finishing it. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Ah. I mean, this podcast, I must stress, is live. Yeah. Uh, in, in an uncontrolled environment in Italy. Yeah. In a live Italian environment. So we might have to just amp our voice ever so slightly. Yeah. Because it's there's yeah. a proper Italian hubris yeah. Um, yeah. in the background. So uh, we'll see what goes yeah. uh, in the edit. Uh, 
Yeah, thank you very much indeed. It, it's, um, we do try and get behind the scenes a little bit. And just because, hey, Ned, it's just, it's just kind of weird. It's people chatting right really close to us. But yeah. it's, it's part of it's, it's part of the Giro, isn't it, really? Yeah. yeah. What, Italy? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a mass, it's a massive part of the Giro. Well, probably worth explaining quite how strange the hotel is. I mean, one of the joys of Grand Tour, ra- accidental tourism on Grand Tour racing is you don't book the hotels. Um, no. They come to you. No. You know, so it's Manton and Muhammad. And in this case... We've come to the Pinetta Hotel, haven't we? Um, which was uh, took us by surprise when we turned off from the main road up. You know, the, a fairly standard-looking European industrial estate, which didn't surprise us remotely. It, because that's, that, that's just yeah. standard, isn't Very it? Very Tour de France, actually. You Quite said that. Yeah. Well, that was because of the presence, the presence of plane trees. Which yeah. I don't think I associate with Italy at all. With the, Sort of peeling bark. It got very but it was, um, yeah, yeah it, there were some plane trees, and I thought, gosh, that, why does this look like France? And that was, I think, the reason. Anyway, we turned up an industrial estate, unprepossessing, didn't expect much, and then all of a sudden there was a white wall to our left, and we entered the car park and basically appeared on the, the, the set of a James Bond film, but yeah. quite a good one. Yeah, quite quite a high budget James Bond yeah. film. And the gentleman yeah. on the left is playing some sort of video yeah. at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's. So there's these really, it's it's a uh, like a green hotel, isn't it? So we we checked in, dropped our bags off, well, took the bag to reception, and then we're told to repack the car. We had to drive to our room. So our each there's a parking bay yeah. outside every single room, yeah. and the room's nuts. It's like triangular and all, it's all sorts of stuff going. Very on. modern and really it's modern technology. Yeah, technology, um, which and, in my case didn't work because I couldn't get the room key to open, so I had to come back to reception. And then when I walked with the proprietress of the hotel back, said, I said, I said, how old is this hotel? And she goes, 10 years old. But we, we drew our inspiration from the American motel model. So um, that's kind of to give you a sense of the high drama of I where we're sitting. I think there's quite a strong possibility we could get this what, podcast what's, sponsored. What is he watching on his... He's watching a descent. Is he watching... Oh, he's watching a descent. I think he's watching a descent. Anyway, okay. uh, if you want to get in touch about anything at all, we're on social media, at Real Stevens and or at Sigma Sports. And also, you can email us, podcast at sigmasports.com. Um, right. This episode picks up, obviously, naturally, where the last one left off. That's clever as well. Yeah. So it's I like actually a sequence, like yeah. a series. Yeah, it's in order. It's in, in order, order. yeah. yeah. I've rec- been recording some secretly. Well, not secretly, because I've told you about them. Uh, snippets on my phone as I've made my way through the haze um, of the Giro d'Italia. Yeah. Uh, the cacophony quite often of the Giro d'Italia. I've been yeah. recording just general hubris. Mm. Um so let's start on a very windy Mount Etna. Right, little rest day training ride up the slopes of Etna from staying in Padara. You just hear the gears on my bike going. And that sound, listen to this. That's dust from inside the volcano. It's black dust at the side of the road, like snow. I'm just riding up through the lava fields now. It's quite eerie, really misty. Raining this morning. That's eased off, but I'm soaking wet. We're not just with sweat, but with just riding into the clouds. Really quite cool. Ooh, earning my Vino Rosso. So, um, stage four. Had the rest day. Uh, listen to this. That is uh, volcano dust. I don't think that's the technical word for it, but I was on top of Mount Etna. Um, beautiful views up to the top. Um, Ned's just taking a selfie. I really hope he doesn't fall. Ned, don't fall over. You're right. It's quite blowy. Yeah, sorry, it's a bit of health and safety. We're always looking after each other. 
um, interesting finish. It's been an interesting finish today, but we're, we've done all our prep. Um, we've, for the first time, we've seen Juroland, which is a new thing for 2020, on the 2022 Juro. Uh, I'm not being funny with you. I know you can't see this, but I'm now looking at a series of very small micro circus tents, and the font they've opted for in Juroland is very much like the Smart Brothers Circus from the mid-80s, which was sadly stopped to people because well, of animal abuse, really, which was a big shame. Uh, anyway, we're going to go for a coffee and, and talk about um, what may happen on, on the stage. Or, uh, we, we, uh, well, yeah, Ned's thinking about Alessandro the Marquis today. Um, he's a Sicilian uh, and he's quite a good bike rider. Um, right, I'm going to just sound off now. But uh, yeah, uh, starting off from the top of Mount Etna. Currently, descend, we've descended most of Mount Etna. We're now off to Messina. Um, on a classic Ned's driving on a classic Sicilian road a lot of the roads in Sicily are good a lot are absolutely awful I mean atrocious so we're reduced now to almost a jogging pace uh, as we cut across it this is an actual road it, it's just like incredibly bad pothole pothole service in fact Ned referred to the poor quality roads in the commentary because the uh, last three times we've been to Sicily we've punched twice but not only that three punches on two different occasions so you've really got to be careful so we're navigating our way through um, this uh, notoriously bad road surface here in Sicily on our way to Messina on our 46 and the journey still to go oh we just met who was the Giro d'Italia 1961 winner Giuseppe Casagrande descending in his trainers um, he rode all the way up the climb on a bike which was from 1961. I think it was the actual 1961 winning Giro bike. Um, and uh, bless him, he was on camera on the final hairpin getting changed. And he had a pair of trousers, tracky trousers, in his little rucksack, whatever. And he put them on and nearly lost his footing and fell, uh, fell over. But luckily he didn't. Um, but we saw him descending, uh, descending at high speed uh, earlier on, which was a real pleasure, and descending in the actual shoes he wore to victory in the 1961 Giro, which was... With the same hair. With the same hair as well. Yeah. Uh, and he, do you know what? To add to the panache, he's wearing a woolen scarf. Yeah. Just a quick one before I go to sleep. Um, not done any of these pod bits from my uh, hotel room, but... Really nice hotel, actually. My room smells of kind of freshly cut grapefruit. Um, it's like a spare bed, um, like a big cot. Um, not much, a little painting on the wall. Um, Durante il Borbardamento. Oh, I've not... Oh, it's basically a picture of this area being bombed in the war. That's quite... Didn't, didn't realise, blimey. Um... What I wanted to say was, before I moved out to that disturbing image on the wall, was the fact that when I went into my bathroom for the first time to do my hairdryer review, um, there was a pair of quite dark, almost like, I don't know, tw uh, malevolent is the word I was looking for, mole grips. I'm just going to pick them up now. You can't really see them because it's a podcast, but I'll make, try and make the noise. This is, hold on, they don't even... That. If I heard that on a podcast, I think I'd, I'd get, I'd get the picture. There's a, there are a really scary pair of mole grips just left on the side, as if, 
something dark had happened here in the past. Um, I might find it a little bit difficult to get to sleep. Anyway, sorry, just thought I'd just drop that in the pod. I mean, it's not, it's not always romance and sitting around talking about TV. You go into your, you know, seemingly normal hotel room and find a haunted pair of mole grips. It's pretty, pretty disturbing, really. And we've been uh, fortunate enough to be just in front of one of the vehicles in the convoy which pumps out techno beats um, for the whole of Italia. So, um, yeah, it's not a particularly peaceful crossing so far, or at least the Cuba crossing. Thank goodness they've just turned the music down. Thank God for that. I, I was really not particularly happy. Ned's look, Ned's in tears, poor bloke. He's a grown man and he shouldn't need his age to be put through this. Anyway, I can see um, Italy, the mainland, across the way. Um, so signing off now briefly, but I just thought you might want to hear that um, it's not all. Although right behind us oh, now, right behind us. It's not all fun and games. That's, lo- that's noise pollution, isn't it? Yeah, that's noise pollution. It's just also like, why would they want to, they've just been torturing themselves with it all day. Why would yeah. they want to, I know. You know, ridiculous. Anyway, we got a police, police escort almost onto the, the ferry as well, and then we realised we'd, they were actually parked, so we had to then reverse and overtake the police. Uh, now they've re-overtaken us. Yeah. Um, now they've got the tickets. Right, so they're on the boat. Yeah, they are, they, they yeah. are on the boat, but I think we've got a reason which we might not be on this boat, Ned. We what? might be on the next one. What? Uh, they've completely sealed it off at the front there but I think if we're not on this we'll be on the next one so we might have a little bit of a wait that's savage it is, it is savage it's tough anyway um, yeah signing off I'm just going to resume it because uh, this essentially is the final countdown it's the final countdown for me and Ned anyway because we're going to get out and um, have a stern word with the uh, this uh, yeah traffic jam DJ well it's alright oh, because surely after that they started playing Leonard Cohen and Nick Drake and stuff didn't they they just started chilling out bit of Morrissey so, yeah a little bit of, <laughs> it just went on a whole different vibe so it got quite relaxed after that didn't it you know? yeah I mean we the thing is we Simon we, Garfunkel yeah yeah um, the thing is we we get mad in the car don't we but we very very rarely let that run over and, and never, we've never really given anybody a ticking off we've just done it between ourselves haven't we we're quite yeah, we keep we cowardly, cowardly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we say we a lot. Play the big man in the car, don't we? Play the I, big man in the we're car. We're going to go off on a right tangent now because yeah. you remember yesterday. Oh, what the flurry was yesterday? The no, flurry day. When, no, when we were in the queue. Flurry of incompetence. You, well, yeah, the particular incompetence. We're in the queue. Yeah. For the uh, oh, what's it called? The the auto route. Well, we call it a payage because the payage, yeah, the auto yeah, strata yeah, yeah, payage, yeah. and there was a couple of cars in front and somebody was clearly having a lot of a lot of trouble weren't they um and, and we we were calling them all sorts of things we were calling them well, amateurs incompetent the, they were three three or four cars in front of us and they'd taken an inordinate time to insert their ticket and then insert payment subsequently yeah. to raise the barrier and let everyone move because yeah. we couldn't back out 
And of course, you know, numbers of grand tours under our belts, you know, you aggregate them up, we're into, you know, it's a big number. Big numbers. We've got a lot of touring experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm told, I actually, told at, one point, at one point, they were taking so long, I wound the window down and gave them a sarcastic applause. You did? Thing. I went, well done. That, like, uh, even I was like, moving. whoa, Ned, that's kind of hard. Because I took I took my sarcasm and anger outside of the car. For the first time. For the first time. And I kind of like did that. Yeah, well done. I like to the outside the car. And then it was our turn. And I thought, I'm going to nail this. And <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just one thing led to another, to another, to another. And within minutes, we had descended to levels of incompetence that neither it, you or I knew we, we could plumb. No. It, everything it just was, fell it apart. Was, it was awful. It was awful. You put everything in the wrong order, didn't you? We had to put a ticket in and you were... I, I hadn't put the ticket in. I was just I was inserting payments. <laughs> and it was spitting it back out. It was a payment. It was spitting it out. Payments. But why didn't it accept me? And then, it, oh yeah, I haven't put the ticket in to tell me how much I'm supposed to pay. Then we and couldn't, couldn't find it. The then and then I put the ticket in and it said you got paid nine euros, ten or whatever. And then I'd flung the bloody payment card somewhere. It was on the dashboard. The, yeah, oh, then it was like, no, it's oh, down the side. It's that's in that it. awkward space between the handbrake bit and the side of the car. Anybody listen to this? We've actually been chatting for quite a long time just about this oh, thing, but that's how long it, this, this was like almost, we almost did it in real time. Uh, anyway, sorry, we've awful. gone off on it. It was awful, but it was also quite funny. But do you know, do you know what, um, is it worth telling them what we've, the name we give to the payment card? Oh, uh, it, it's a, it's, what's so it? It says on it, V-I-N, VIN. Yep. Card, VIN yeah, card, VIN yeah. card, and it's a prepayment system you've got for for the t- for the payage basically. Yeah, in Italy. so you yeah. just stick it in. So it's a little plastic VIN card, and we call it a Jonas, which we think is very funny. We do. We have a chuckle every time because everything's a Jonas VIN card, like Jonas Vingegaard. Yeah. So we call it. We now call it the Jonas. Where's the Jonas? Where's the Jonas? So it's it's an in joke. We thought, yeah, thanks for that. I think yeah, pe- some people appreciate that. I think some. Um, now. Um, so basically, we didn't send anything to the to the DJ. In short, uh, we kept it all in, um, thankfully, um, due to our cowardice. Due, due to our cowardice. Uh, now we do have a few more captivating moments from the Giro, including stories about fake Pringles, which, by the way, uh, were unbelievable. I did two two packs in two days. I can, unbelievable. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Okay, where, where are we going? Ned, remind me the pronunciation. So he's got food in his mouth. Sorry. Scalea. Scalea in Scalea. Um, we are at the Giro d'Italia stage finish, not at a Coldplay concert, incredibly. Uh, but yes, Coldplay. Oh, it's a lo- no. It's a, watching a video of a live concert of Coldplay outside a cafe at the Giro d'Italia. Uh, it's really quite rousing. Uh, me and Ned have admitted to quite liking this song. Uh, and we're just going to roll with it. We're 52. We're happy. Uh, with our musical choices. Anyway, I don't know if you can put this out because there's music in it, but it is incidental and I think it's fair use. But yeah, lots of loud music at the Giro. Uh, balloons are plenty. We're by the sea. We're having a cappuccino and I've also bought um, some fake Pringles. Uh, they're called Crick Crock Plus Barbecue. <laughs> it's making me laugh. Look at them. Crick Crock Plus Barbecue. I'll give you a fake Pringle review at the end of the stage, uh, and maybe a little snippet of our commentary at the end as well. Well, um, not long been up today. Uh, it is stage seven 
and we stayed in a beautiful place last night. Um, well, we're still here, actually. <laughs> uh, last night and this morning. Uh, called La Locanda del Buon Formaggio, um, which basically means the, uh, I don't know what locanda is, I mean, location, house, um, or factory, or place of the good cheese. So we stayed at a hotel called the Place of the Good Cheese. I can tell you what, the cheese was flipping, banging absolutely lovely cheese um, a selection of cheeses and meats for our starter uh, and then our main course was this lovely uh, pasta with pesto cherry tomatoes and um, I mean some ricotta cheese with that as well then there was a cheesy a cheesecake pudding and a beefy main dish and then this morning um, for breakfast um, we had, uh, this is cheese, just lots, too, too much cheese, felt a bit bloated and I couldn't go out on my bike this morning because it was so, I looked up, I got, put my shorts on, woke up, set me alarm um, and all this fog had rolled in. I thought it was a little bit sketchy to go out um, in the fog with no lights. So I uh, had half an hour's kip, had a really weird dream, um, which I can't talk about, really strange dream. It's probably a cheese dream actually. Went downstairs, had brekkie, had some honey, and then had a two, one really good cup of coffee. It was so good, ordered a second, and I think the second one, he, the, the gentleman who is like a cheese man, uh, not made of cheese, he worked it, had the cheese wellies on and everything. Um, he reluctantly went to maybe another cup of coffee, and I think he made a bad one, so I didn't ask for a third. <laughs> But we had to call him away from his big cheese machine. So big cheese hat, white cheese clothes and cheese wellies. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then when we came outside after we'd finished a meagre breakfast, because there's just cheese, so I just had a piece of bread with some honey on, um, there's a little cheese tree uh, in, the, uh, in the courtyard. Honestly, a little like tree with tiny little mozzarella balls hanging off. <laughs> it's like a weird cheese Christmas tree. Anyway, uh, uh, the name of the place, if you're interested in coming down, uh, not my room was 103, but I mean, you might get my room, I guess, but uh, La Locanda del Buon Formaggio. Anyway, it's time to go off to the start. Okay, stage eight is over and we're uh, on the streets of Napoli. Uh, Ned is driving. We've got a uh, best part of two and three quarter hours to drive to the Hotel Tre Colli, which is uh, near Blockhouse. Um, and uh, Ned, how's the, how's the drive gone so far? It's quite stressful, isn't it? But I said it's had, uh, it's had its ups and downs, but mostly we've been going up through wiggly little um, Neapolitan, ne Neapolitan streets like bungling cops in an underpowered car in a Bond film in a, in a second rate Bond film one of the Bond films that isn't James Bond it's like it wants to be like James Bond but it's one of those films that goes straight to DVD in the late 90s uh, that sort of movie so budget with a, you know, a film with a budget of about 250k um, and uh, we're looking for some fruit stalls to knock over um, but we meet a, a few moments ago we the sat nav went nuts uh, so as a result we did a three point turn rebooted into a taxi yeah drove headlong the wrong way up a one way street yeah so it's action packed but we've got some it's quite amazing this is a really sinuous route up through the streets of Napoli um, and uh, we don't know really where we're going but we're trusting the sat nav but it's been um, an eventful day Thomas again what a win that was but um, this is fun Napoli's I'll, I'll be honest with you it's edgy isn't it yeah it's actually um, it's the second or third time I've been there I think you've been a couple of times as well it's, it's, it has this reputation of kind of class that I don't really buy yeah. it's 
And it's actually quite a sad city, I think. It's got levels of deprivation that are... I, I, I mean, I really struggle to think of a big European city as deprived as Napoli. Yeah, it, it does feel like you're in another country apart from Italy. It's got a Sicilian vibe to it, but, but multiplied that by a factor of 10. Um, anyway, a serious uh, end to this little segment. There's a car that's just been dented into. It really is. If you like edgy European cities, this is the place to come. But they're very good at pizza and it's a lovely climate. Well, um, stage nine, up the top of Blockhouse. Um, we thought we'd got lost, but we, we, we weren't. Um, there's no food anywhere, and I've managed to get... Um, <laughs> here, that's, that's, a, that's a crisp, mate. A packet of tomato ketchup-flavoured crisps, two bars of chocolate, and a weird sausage sandwich. I think I've, even, I think I've ordered the wrong thing, so I don't know what Ned's going to say. Um, just making my way through the barriers. Hold on. That's the sound of the barrier closing. I'm now on the finishing straight uh, past the... Yeah, it's really warm. But um, I had a good night last night, actually. Uh, we... It was incredible. We got to the hotel about half eight, and it looked really quiet and sleepy. And we said, oh, is, there, is the food, is the food here? We normally, because we've got half board. And then we um, said, they said, oh, it's downstairs. So I went up, dropped my bag off, went downstairs. And then it just opened out into this big, almost like a big cavern. Um, full of tables and people, families having dinner, really lively. And our table was reserved in front of a big stage with a massive screen of football playing on it and a DJ who was singing karaoke. And uh, then next up, a couple of glasses of wine in, he said, um, you could download an app. We downloaded this app and then we could request karaoke songs. Um, and I, phew, I crushed and burned. I, I necked probably two glasses of wine in rapid succession to get, get some courage. And then I did uh, uh, George Michael Kellis Whisper. Um, Ned said I did a Van der Poel. Started really, really, really well, then sort of just fell away, completely missed, missed the final move. Then I redeemed myself with a rendition of Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. I've never had karaoke coaching before in my life. And Ned gave me some. Proper DSing, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, t- he looked me in the eye. He held me by the shoulders. Uh, like it, and, it, and if he'd had a little towel, he'd have put that right around my neck. I think he did with a napkin, didn't well, you? The thing, the thing was, for, if anyone remembers how Matthew Vanderpool raced the Napoli stage, you know, where he backed himself a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, you're a very gifted karaoke artist. Thanks, mate. In fact, you're, you know, fearsomely gifted. And um, and you should win every karaoke you turn up to to compete in. Fact, yeah. It wasn't a competition, but when you no, made it into of, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But, but rather like Mathieu van der Poel that day in the Napoli stage, you yeah. backed yourself a bit too much, a bit too early. Yeah. And there's a is the 18 year old birthday party, a birthday party for an 18 year old in this remote town, wasn't it? Yeah. And the whole village was there. Yeah. And um, they were all really enjoying singing Italian folk songs together. And um, you then subjected them to your rendition of Under Pressure. <laughs> but I was both Bowie and Freddie, wasn't I? Yeah, which you bit off a little bit more than you. you I could know. Do. That was fine. That wasn't a disaster. But then you went back a couple of songs later. They got back on their track by singing more, and all joining in singing the big Italian clapping along and loving. And then you decided <laughs> to sing. You decided. You went back in. This is your next attack. I know. This is your next Van der Poel oh, attack. No. You went. No, I'm so good. I'm going to kill him stone dead with careless whispers. <laughs> 
said it. Yeah. Van der Poel style. Yeah. Except he would have sung it better because you collapsed. I don't know what was it. The legs came. It was extraordinary. I started off, I think, and I just, I, could, I was panicking, so I couldn't get the right key. Uh, and and I, I slightly sped up, and I slowed down. And I couldn't get the right key, I and think the, you abandoned, didn't you? you had to, like, I, the DJ I, saved you. you faded you people down, were looking away, Ned. It was in back. People no, were chatting. You know, but anyway, it was a. Anyway, you got reeled in pretty quickly yeah, there. Yeah. But that wasn't it. And no. this is when we had a bit of a moment, didn't we? Yeah. You dropped back to the car. Yeah. I said, "Come on, you're better than that. You are, you have got it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You've got to you've got to focus on what makes you great. Yeah. What makes you the karaoke singer that we know you to be. Yeah. I appreciate that. Go back to basics. Yeah. Strip Queen, it back go, down. Go back to Queen. Strip it, yeah. Right? One of my favourite bands of all time. Don't stop me now. Don't, yeah. And don't, n- let nothing stop you now. <laughs> and, it, and it didn't. And it didn't. And from that moment on, you were saying. But the key to that was, you said, to, you said, Matt, don't look at the screen. You know these words. Turn around, face the audience. So I did that. Work them. And he said, that little bloke in the corner with a bald head, yeah, the little he said, fella. when it comes to the part, um, uh, 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 you're a sex machine, re- ready to re- reload. No, explode. It, like an atom bomb. Ready to explode. Go over. And Robbie's bald head. Benny Hill, Benny Hill style. So that's what I did. And, and the room erupted, didn't it? It was incredible. So uh, heading into the first rest day, me and Ned. Um, it's quite an amazing hotel we're in now. You go into the reception area and it feels like the place is almost closed, deserted. But you head downstairs into the basement, and you've got this amazing restaurant. Um, food's really nice. It's buzzing for a Sunday night. It was buzzing yesterday, I tell you. Um, but they've got this strange phenomenon where they seem to... It's quite a r- relatively remote place, so it looks like they've got all the, all the entertainment you could ever need in one place. So you've got your food, a kind of wonderful, familial atmosphere, and then they've got football on, on a projector, in the background and then we've got two DJs today both of whom are singing in harmony to each other I wish I could I'm going to take a picture of this but Ned how would you sum t- this place up it's really intriguing isn't it <clears throat> yeah it's um, it's a subterranean hidden gem of a entertainment complex isn't it in Italy in Abruzzo I'm eating um, Chitara I uh, know Chitara I think that's how it's pronounced which is a uh, a, a particular cut of pasta, specially special to this region, which I understand is good for gripping sauce. So it's got a slight, a slight, um, in, uh, what's the word? A cut to the side of it, which just allows the sauce to grip to the surface of the pasta. Flipping egg. That's amazing. And I've just got a pizza. I've just got a pizza. We've got a nice bottle of wine. Where t- tonight we've got a, a Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, a Cantina Fagianini. Um, and we just went on price. We said, "Well, just get, get us a bottle of bottle of, bottle of wine that's about twenty euros." So um, yep. that's what we've done. It's all right. And um, the guys have just finished the song. Don't know what the score is on the football match. I haven't got my specs on. Um, uh, it's Cagliari nil, Inter Milan nil. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. So me and Ned have. Uh, well, it's rest day. We're in Piscata, it's about 30 degrees, and we're all sat on the beach. And um, and we wanted a bit of tranquility. We're going to meet our other uh, production friends, um, Kiara and Jess. We can't find them yet. Um, and there's a bloke mowing the sand, isn't there, Ned? Well, seemingly, yeah. It's got what can only be described as a lawnmower for sand, a sand mower. Um, it's quite annoying because he's now kind of like he's trying to mow 
like like he's preparing for the FA Cup final in Wembley, like strips. Sand. Yeah, sandy. He's just mowing the, he's mowing the sand and he's got quite a lot of sand lawn to mow. It's in the north. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's kilometres basically, but I guess this is only just one particular patch. We're sat, sat underneath a what can only be described as a it's like an umbrella from Hawaii and we are actually outside the bar Hawaii Ned also and I've just given you some suntan cream there's loads stuck right in your ear there's, I mean loads absolutely oh yeah there Cheers, to man. just give that a clean off mate yeah. there you go but uh, yeah Ned's relaxed he's got a book um, and I'm just doing a bit of admin um, I rolled down my socks rolled up my shorts um, and that bloke with the sand mower it is a bit annoying isn't it a little bit So, Ned, um, all the Giro and Italian wonderful distractions aside, the re- mm. reason we're here is, the is there's a flipping big bike race yeah, going yeah. on, isn't it? And um, a little while ago, you said that you wanted to look at the more hipster granulate elements yeah. of, of the race. Oh, yeah. I've, I've, right. I've, I've, I've yeah. got the big... Well, let yeah. me start. I tell you what. While, I mean, no, you, I've got a couple you, in the pub. You're, you're a man that, can, I, that, that yeah. I know you, you can... Um, think and also listen at the same time because I've seen it in your eyes now, I've seen you done it I've, I've, seen, I've seen you do it before yeah. so um, I love like, that win from Cav yes. was, was fantastic yes. wasn't it on many levels yes um, 10 years apart from his, his previous win 16 wins but it nine was 9 years uh, 9 years sorry yep. but it was the manner and the strength that you displayed for me and it, the, the lead out was, was astonishing wasn't it they absolutely bossed it um, we'd walked the finale um, had a look at and um had a look at that little dip in the road, the little pinch point, a little bit of a headwind that dropped. Um, it was super wide, so quite complicated in many ways, although there was a beautiful simplicity to it. But sometimes the big straight finishes can pose more problems. But the way that he, his team executed the sprint, and when he went from 300 metres to go, just to put this into context, it was I was watching the screen, and although we had to remain neutral, sometimes there's things that unfold in sport where you just become emotionally attached to it, and you can't untangle it. You you just become yeah. it, it pulled in. And I was Ned was calling it because generally speaking, in, in commentary, in a, in a sprint finish, K to go, eight hundred meters to go, the the lead commentator would take over and take it right the way through to the yeah. line. Mm. Um, but I was whooping and doing all sorts of stupid stuff in the background and I my arm reached across the screen <laughs> didn't it um and you had to bat I mean we've 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 never fought have we but yeah. you had to I had you, to bat your arm away because you, you couldn't see I you were commentating you couldn't see your forearm was right in front of the monitor <laughs> completely hiding the actual you know the last 25 meters of the sprint yeah I had to bat it away otherwise I had no idea yeah. who held on because it was quite tight wasn't it, it although was it wasn't quite, yeah. half as tight as the Arno de Mar no. Caleb Ewan margin which no. was that. but no. yeah it was an exceptional it was an exceptional sprint yeah. it, was, um, it was he's done a couple of sprints that, like that this year and the other one was at the UAE tour where he yeah. went really long into a headwind but I mean so much to say about it but ultimately Matt tell me it boils down to the fact he's tiny tiny he's just this tiny little um, what do you call it frontal um, presentation to the you know his, his air he punches a small hole in the air and he's putting out huge numbers still yeah. at the yeah. age of 37 so um, so it works you know and when yeah. he gets it right he's unbe- they, they can't catch him when he yeah. gets it right And but you quite rightly said especially nowadays because we're a long long way down the line from the HTC train dominating everything yeah. when he first burst into life in the current sprinters field what is, makes it so intriguing and probably so frustrating for them all is that they can't string great big long series sequences of victories together. None of them are doing yeah, it. Yeah. 
yeah. and Mark Cavendish included. Yeah, you know, but no, the, but right. the chances are there to be taken, and he keeps doing, keeps popping up. And doing yeah, it. and especially I think it, for, for Mark Cavendish in the team as well. Um, really important to get one in the bag. I mean, even if he just leaves this jury one stage win, it's a it's a it's stage win. It? Yeah, it's yeah. probably enough. Yeah. You know, um, so so that was highlight number one for me. What was your one of your big highlights of the Giro so I, I mean, far. The Giro, nine stages, the Giro, it? it? seems like it big on for does, ages. The Giro is a great is a great race for getting to know new new people, and he's not he's not a new name. Of course, he isn't. But um, I've been so impressed with Binium Gamay, yeah, and the way yeah. he's raced. My yeah. fear for him is that despite everything, he might actually come away from three weeks of racing in, Giro, in the Giro without a win. You know, the chances are now starting to dwindle a little bit for him. Yeah. Um, he's got plenty coming up this week, perhaps even tomorrow. Actually, yeah. Um, might be one for him, but he's got. Um, he seems to be. Uh, uh, there's so much to admire about him, but I think particularly, never mind his speed and his ability to get over climbs, which are so obviously there. I think what's really impressed me is the fact that he is um, so sanguine and clever yep. and um, measured with what he does tactically on the money, um, almost without exception. I think the only stage where. You know, I, I think he possibly, with hindsight, got it wrong. Might have been the stage where multiple riders got it wrong, and that was the one in Napoli where they completely underestimated Thomas the against attack. Yeah, you know, because yeah, they were yeah. they were too busy Schmidt and um, and Gurmai and, and Vanderpool looking at each other. And that was kind of, but you know, he'll learn from that as well. Yeah. And he seems to me just the most born racer. Yeah. The, uh, and bear in mind, he's still only twenty one. Yeah. That I can and. Also, the way he looks on a bike is so graceful, his poise, and it's so similar. This is the thing that blows my mind to Natnail Tesfasson, who, who went off. Yeah, Tesfasson, who went off the road um, on the descent yesterday. Um, they are on a bike incredibly similar. They, they, are, they have an, a, a, and yet we're, they, we're, they we're, do completely different things. It's yeah. just it's remarkable. Uh, they were almost. I mean, yesterday on, on the climbs um, before before he said he crashed Tesfasson. Um, look. Looked graceful and completely composed. Uh, I, there was no indication of the effort or or the fatigue that clearly uh, you know, was was coursing through his body at that point. Everybody else was looked look quite laboured, but there was um, an almost trance like. But they both they both, as you say, are very similar physically. Although it's I think he's slightly shorter, but they they're very slim. Graceful, but on a bike they look absolutely brilliant, and they're two of the most exciting races I think out there. And he's only tw- nineteen or twenty. Yeah, isn't he? he's, he's on another uh, and uh, on another long term contract as well. Gianni Savio always generally does. Yeah, that. But he shrewd. won't. But he'll, Savio will be cashing it, cashing his chips in there, and he'll be moving World Tour. Oh, definitely. He's yeah. a, uh, so. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I think mean, the De Gent victory as well. That was great, wasn't it? Oh, it was so, I got, I, was I, just, I welled up. I welled up. Yeah, that was another um, one where you almost put your arm in front of me. <laughs> you didn't know, but you were heavily invested in that. I was, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's um, this sport. We do this wonderful job, and and we do. I think we do a, a reasonable job. I'd like to think of remaining relatively neutral. But sometimes there's performances from people that, even if you don't know them, I mean, I know we've been in the sport long enough to know several of these guys. You know, some superficially and some a little bit more, but. Sometimes the um, the performances resonate so deeply that you cannot help that be it, it, yeah. there's some sort of emotional investment. And I think to do our job, you you have to care. You care about the characters. You you know what they've been through. Um, and I think because we're I think we're celebrating. We're in a I think we're in a golden era. Um, 
of of professional cycling. The landscape is it's so interesting with these young riders coming through this new way of racing. But and occasionally you've got the the old guard still managing to you know perform really well. Yep. Um, the Ghent Cavendish. And then that brings us to the Blockhouse stage yesterday, oh, stage brilliant. nine, because it was a it was a mix, wasn't it, of the, of, so, the, of, the, of the very very experienced three riders in that front group of eight. Well, when when Richie Port fell away, um, that are going to retire, mm. and they were still they're on the top ten of the Giro mm, now, still mm, a long way to go. Mm. And then you know the reemergence of Jai Hindley as a as a legitimate threat. The whole top ten with Bilbao in tenth at one twenty. It's it's wonderfully poised. I thought it was a cracker of a stage. I really did. Uh, and I I really genuinely can't remember. Almost halfway through a, a Grand Tour, when when we were talking about this the other night, weren't we? Or last night, that you could name five or six riders who realistically could win this race. Five or six, not one or two yeah. or three. Yeah. Five or six, and you'd go. If you found out that they'd had actually won the Giro, you'd go, yeah, I could see that. That's realistic. Yeah, and that's really that's. That's an extraordinary state of affairs. So I kind of tweeted something to that effect yesterday. And a lot of people say, well, yeah, but what about the Teo Gegenhardt year in 2020? Yes, it was extremely close between Hindley yeah. and Gegenhardt, but it was only those two. There, there was it. Everybody else had fallen away. Everyone else had fallen yeah. away. At this, now, that might happen in the coming week. You don't know. But um, at where we're standing right now, I haven't got a clue. Five yeah. or six hours, haven't got a clue. I've got an inkling. And I've got a preference. Yeah. But I haven't got a clue. I'm not going to ask you to call it because that's not. No, that's do. that's I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. But also, I'm not going to do it. You know, the other thing I noted about that blockhouse climb, which I thought was brilliant, and I'm not always a big fan of summit finishes because they can be quite sterile affairs. Mm. Um, but there were what was brilliant to watch about that was tries about no one could get clear, no one could get clear, and that battling ride from Jao Almeida to get back on, the, you know, the Lopez emotion and everything to save his Malierosa and then his big fears that he might have infringed with the commissaires and that kind of weird admission in the post-race interview. That, I mean, there was a lot going on there. There's a lot to unpack. But ultimately, and Lander, you know, no one knew that Lander had been stacked. We thought, because we, we saw we that saw mark that. on yeah, his left we didn't know. We shoulder. shoulder. We, we could only assume, we only, like you said, we, we only saw yeah. the crash in um, later on, but it is, you know, I, it, we legitimately cannot cannot call it right now. And um, and you think the Ineos Grenadiers are going to get the job done? But you know, Castroviejo is borderline man down at the moment. He, make, yeah. he we I remember talking about how relatively thin their climbing train was for a Grand Tour, yeah. and and how reliant it was on the older legs of, of Castroviejo and Port in yeah. particular. Yeah. Well, now it's down to Port. Yeah, he's got he's got a he's with, got a shoulder a lot of responsibility with support from the nineteen year old Ben Tullis, who's a tremendous talent. But he's never yeah. been in this point, never ridden a Grand Tour. No. So you know, Port's ride was immense, but but this is not an Ineos Grenadiers train that can I don't think repeatedly yeah. do what they often do. So and then Carapaz was couldn't finish the job. Yeah, couldn't finish the job. That's that, that, that I think the the way that because we were we were postulating we? at what point two big climbs a Blockhouse and the climb beforehand, we were thinking well who's going to when a we thought it might be Ineos that take up. When they're going to take up, but they put Castro Viejo on the front about 10k before the penultimate climb. We yeah. knew what was going to happen. But when Carapaz ultimately went after we rid Richie Port had done his turn, it was a good attack, but it wasn't devastating, was it? No. And, uh, and immediately, that, uh, for me, it changed the landscape of the race when we saw the way that, in particular, you know, one of our favourite riders because he rides with so much verve and panache, doesn't he? He's be- looks great on a bike and. Uh, Roman Bardet looked really, really. He he looks like a, a, a major threat. But the one I think the threat that we hadn't really even talked about now is Jai Hindley as well. That's no. a really interesting one. Yep. We knew it was there as part of the the four riders from Bore in the frame. Yep. Now it's down to two. Yeah. Um, and then also Almeida looked looked good. You know, yep. it didn't look brilliant, but it, everybody looks 
good, but there's no one standout rider, and that's what makes this such an intriguing proposition. Yeah, we, we generally don't know, and uh, it's, it's fascinating. So we've got a steady, we've got three steady stages, haven't we, coming up, and then another oh, another mountain rendezvous at the weekend. Is there any one particular stage? We've got the Gary Boulder here. Actually, we're going to have to refer to that. Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I mean, let's you, just talk about tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a stage 10, which, as you pointed out to me, is that they've given it three stars, yeah. haven't they? It's only fourth count. I mean, but it's a, it's a stage of two halves, to coin a footballing phrase. because well, it literally they, is. They, they battle through, um, they batter along the coast, north from Pescara towards Jesi, yep. and um, they go through San Benedetto del Tronto, don't it's they? Which is, the, which is the traditional finish of the um, of the Terreno Adriatico. Yeah. And then they turn inland. And as soon as they turn inland, they take on three categorized climbs and at least three uncategorized climbs as well. And some of them... In the very Terreno Adriatico type climbs, and some of them pretty close to the finish line. There's the intriguing prospects once again of of um, a bonus sprint with bonus seconds, um, bonus sprint with bonus seconds, fairly close to the finish line. Yeah. Um, which, with such a congested general classification, could be really interesting. Know. You know. And then there's that, that there's a climb with well nine k's to go, a fourth cat climb, and there it looks. Like a, another day for you know for the for the, for the likes of Van de Poel and, and Benjamin Grey, and then we look a little bit forward. Then there is a nailed on sprint stage, um, the Reggio Emilia stage, um, and then that, I mean, look at that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the that's flattest of flats. It's flat. I mean, it's I mean just, um, it's you don't really need a profile. How long is it, Matt? Oh, it's two hundred and three now. Oh. There's a lot of. I think I'm ill. That I'm going to be sick. I, I'm I'm feeling. I might be feeling camera. a bit better with ten kilometres going. I might turn up for work around about then. <laughs> And even the stage to Geneva, 204k. Yeah. <laughs> they're not being kind to commentators no, or riders. Yeah, that's, that's a tough, tough stage, yeah. that Genoa stage. It is. I've uh, never been to Genoa, though. So I'm quite I, I have a long time ago. Well, about five, six years ago, I think. But it's, it's not a real, it's not Giro d'Italia thing, is it? No. A bit like no. Napoli isn't. No, not at all. Often, so no, it's quite I? interesting to have these massive Italian cities that you don't often drop into. So. No, it's um, it's done a little bit of that this year. Is it? it's, I, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm, mm. I'm really enjoying it. There's a certain unpredictability. And then um, then we've got the final week of the Jura, which yeah, is just it. absolutely yeah. insane. Yeah, and everything uh, everything will and you know will have changed by then for sure. Yeah. yeah. But um, it's been a great race so far. Yeah. Ned, nice. thanks for That's all right. jump, jumping on the pod with yeah. me. Um, and... Um, well, not much choice to be honest. No, you didn't. Well, yeah, I've kind of cajoled you into it. Wow, uh, strong. Well, yeah, I, I will. I'll pay for these beers. Oh, I'll pay no, for the beer already. So Have you? Yeah, it's oh, that's a bit awkward. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody, and um, all being well, we'll probably do another one on the next rest day, which is about a week's time. Um, I mean, my, I don't know how much more we'll know about the general classification. I think it's really going to take shape in the final week. But Well, uh, I can t- I'll make a prediction. Go on then. Guillaume Martin will have lost and then regained a bit more time. That's another <laughs> that's little... That's what he does. That's what he does. I love it. And he was... He, yeah, was he? Actually, what happened to him yesterday? He wasn't too far off, was he? Yeah. He was there, then got punted, didn't he? Oh, Ned. Leave that in. Uh, leave that in. And this is a live environment. And thankfully, those two gentlemen to the left went. We've just got bird song, sunshine, and um, and what are those fluffy bits of stuff floating in the breeze? Uh, flower. Uh, they're um, seeds, aren't they? Seeds. seeds. Yeah, it's beautiful. And we've got some orbs as well. I will send you a picture of me and Ned next to an orb, just to add add a bit of context. But yeah, we're in a hotel with orbs. Signing off. We'll see you soon.